This is another sports podcast. We got to get hype about this week one, because obviously there are a lot of storylines surrounding this starting week of this NFL season. Are the Chiefs going to run it back? Is the stacked AFC going to emerge with a different representative in the Super Bowl this year? Will the Jacksonville Jaguars live up to the exorbitant amount of hype that they have been getting all offseason? Or will their nervous fans like myself cry themselves to sleep on a weekly basis as they have been for decades? Lots of stories and more, right, Money Mike? Oh, there's so much to unfold. I'm so looking forward to all the different storylines that you just talked about. And who are going to be the teams that surprise us? Because there's always every year a team that you didn't see coming. I remember last year, people were talking about, I specifically remember an interview between Mina Kimes and Rich Eisen. Uh, Mina Kimes is famously from Seattle, a big Seahawks fan. And he had the Seattle Seahawks ranked as the 32nd team going into last year's NFL season. She's like, I don't think they're going to be good either, but 32 seems a little low. Not only was it low, it was way off. The Seahawks went on to make the playoffs. So (laughs) there's going to be a Cinderella team this year. I'm not sure who it is. I have some feelings about who could be Cinderella teams, but uh, there's going to be the teams that are, we're expecting to be good, who will be good. There's going to be the team that we thought was going to be good. That won't be like the Broncos last year. Um, And there's going to be a team that we didn't see coming. So it's all going to be so fun to watch it play out and uh, definitely excited to see who, uh, who starts the season uh, strong and who's going to ultimately come out on top. Well, one of the biggest candidates, I think, in the media to be one of those teams that emerges from the depths and finally gets themselves into the playoffs and potentially makes themselves a push is the Detroit Lions. But they could also fit into that other category, like you said, Mike, where they're a team that's a, there's a lot of hype around them. People are expecting them to be good, just like the Broncos. We expected the Broncos last year. And then they fall short and they fall flat on their face and go back to the hole that the Lions typically are in with each passing season. Um, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on which way you're leaning more towards for the Lions? I know last week you were kind of speaking to the hype around them, but you said it was going to kind of fall back down to earth at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the Lions winning the North, but that's not more of a product of them being like really good. It's more of a there's so many question marks regarding the surrounding teams in their division. Like I had them being the fourth seed in the NFC. That's not being some kind of dominant uh, come into the world force type of thing for Detroit. Um, I think if I were to give, be given those two scenarios, like is the hype real or are they going to be the same old lions? My life experience will tell me they're going to be the same old lions. Um, uh, but, and I, and they're, I think they're going to start the season. zero and one, but the, uh, the, the fact is the lions had a really good draft this year. Everyone who follows football, knows that the Lions like, just did really well in the draft. Everyone remembers that last year they finished the season winning, I think, uh, seven of the last eight games. They kept Aaron Rodgers uh, out of the playoffs. You know, they had that last final game in, at Green Bay. Detroit was playing for nothing. The Packers were playing a win-in-your-in scenario, and they went to Lambeau Field and beat the Packers. So uh, if they can carry any of that into this season, I think it's going to be really good for them. But uh, if I were to just bet between those two scenarios, it's like, well, I did pick them to win the division, but, you know, I would not be shocked if they were bad because that's who they've been my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally our entire life, and especially our actual football watching lives. They've only, what, made the playoffs once, maybe twice 
throughout that entire uh, period? Yeah, I don't have the exact stat in front of me. But the last playoff <laughs> game I remember was Matthew Stafford was the quarterback. It was the one playoff appearance I think he made while he was there, uh, and they lost to Dallas. Yeah, so I mean that that's this is definitely a changing of the guard if they're able to have any semblance of success and kind of fit along with your prediction of getting that fourth fourth seed. Shout out to our friends in the chat here, Poseidon, Super Smash Bros, David, and Ravioli Esquire. Thank you so much for stopping by and saying hi. Hope you guys enjoy uh, the conversations that we have today about the about week one and enjoy our conversation later with Sir Burrito Bandit. It's going to be a fun one. But Ian says that the Panthers are going to be that team that kind of pop out of nowhere and, and make a run. Mike, how how strongly do you believe in that? I think that that's, there's a there's a case there. I said that last week. I mean, the Panthers have a team. They have a schedule that I think is not the strongest one. So, like, I feel like they're going to struggle early. Uh, in finding chemistry, it's, you know, they're starting with a rookie quarterback um, and they don't have that great of an offensive line. Um, so I think that there's going to be some time for them to really figure things out, but I could see them catching fire towards the end of the season. They always seem to go on a run. Um, you know, Ian said it on our show last year that they always seem to find a way to make something happen. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Carolina Panthers were that, were that team. I mean, yeah. they have the number one pick in the draft. He was very successful in college. You know, he could be very successful in the NFL. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't shock me either, especially with that weak division. But alas, let's dive into this opening day game. September 7th, my birthday. It's going to be a fantastic way to spend the birthday is to watch the beginning of the NFL season. Patrick yeah. Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs face against the Detroit Lions. Obviously, some big uh, news coming out of the Kansas City Chiefs camp this uh, today as uh, it came out that Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee. And it sounds... It's like he's going to be doubtful for this matchup against the Detroit Lions. If he does not play, Mike, does that make a difference in what you alluded to before and that you think the Detroit Lions are still going to go 0-1? Well, the thing that the Lions have in their favor is that Travis Kelsey is questionable, so that's one less weapon for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and he's the Patrick Mahomes' number one t uh, weapon uh, at his disposal. By far. Uh, but also, Chris Jones is still holding out. And so the Chiefs defense is not going to be very, very good. I don't, I mean, like, I, I expect this to be a high scoring game. And I think that's what the NFL was going for. Like, if you had told me um, that the Eagles were going to be playing at Kansas City this year, I was like, well, that's the opening game. They're going to start the season with how they ended the season. Eagles, Chiefs, that's a great thing to do. But then they put the Lions, and I was like, well, why? And then I remembered, oh, Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes had that 54 51 shootout. Year, all those years ago when he was still on the Rams, uh, he doesn't have Sean McVay's offensive schemes to create those 54 points. Uh, but I think that we could see a high-scoring affair because Patrick Mahomes still is going to be playing. Like Even though Kelsey's going to be down, Patrick Mahomes is still playing, and he's going to make things happen on offense. And I think with the Chiefs' defense being uh, weakened, I think that the Lions will also score points. So I think we could be in for a very high-scoring. Bet the over. If you're a, a betting man, I think for this for this one, but I, I I just have a hard time believing that Patrick Mahomes is going to be outgunned at home on ring night, uh, for him and the Kansas City Chiefs, and also he's uh he's five and zero in opening games. He's thrown eighteen touchdowns, no interceptions. So yeah, I, I I just think the Chiefs will find a way to get it done. Yeah, no, that's entirely fair. I mean, it's hard, always hard to pick against the Chiefs. The over under is currently currently set at fifty four and a half. That is pretty high. Um, uh, so in terms of taking the over. Uh, that is something that you'll re really be rooting for a high-scoring, exciting, electrifying game. I will not be betting this season, so do not ask. I have cut myself off completely. 
we are not going to feed the addiction anymore. So <laughs> he says that he says that now, folks. He says that now. Money Mike is an enabler. Take that down as a note, <laughs> friends. He is an enabler. Um, yeah, I, I I don't do it, I don't do it myself, but I'll enable others to to ruin their lives with it. Uh, oh, thank you, Mike. Very much appreciated. <laughs> Speaking of ruined lives, uh, the Chiefs, they love to ruin the lives of every uh, fan of an AFC team every single year, and it's obviously because of that tandem of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's interesting to see that the Chiefs never invest a ton into their wide receiving core. They have Kadarius Tony as their number one guy, and Marquez Valdez Scanling. As their number two. I mean, that's a duo that if you throw that on any other NFL team, you're like, Ugh. but since they're the, the Kansas City Chiefs led by Andy Reid, it's like, okay, well, they're going to figure out a way to use them and use the best of their abilities. Um, so it's very hard to pick against the Kansas City Chiefs. Money Mike, who is your official pick? I don't think I heard you give an official pick between the two. Oh, Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, since we're going to be tracking our picks throughout the entire year, I, I don't know if I can start off with a loss on the first day. That That's going to hurt. You know, we're going to do it anyway. I'm picking the Lions. Let's go, Jared Goff. Come on. <laughs> All right. All right. Starting with a different pick on the first day. Uh, on NBC Peacock, this is the only game I believe that's going to be, or it's not going to be exclusively on Peacock, I guess. Yeah, thank God, thank yeah. God it's not going to be on ESPN because if you're a Spectrum customer like myself, you won't be able to watch it because Charter and Disney are still having a squabble over contract rights. So, oh, I didn't Disney, know that. Oh, that any sucks. Disney, any Disney property is, yeah, I mean, people couldn't watch the uh, the U.S. Uh, Open this weekend. They couldn't watch any of the college football games. Like Clemson was defeated by Duke, Daniel Jones' alma mater, uh, <laughs> last night, twenty-eight to seven, and I didn't see a lick of it because I couldn't. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. That's that's terrible. That that's what happens when you still have cable, Mike. Come on. Catch up I, to well, the times. The so, so <laughs> I, I think it's time. I, I might be making a uh, announcement here. I think I might be switching to YouTube TV because uh because I, I, I'm tired of this because this happens every year with Spectrum. They get in some squabble with somebody and they black out the channels that I care about. Yeah. You know. Well Spectrum all I is need ass. is all I need is the sports stations and I need CBS for Survivor. That's it. I don't need anything else. Because all the TV I watch is pretty much shows that I've seen over and over again, and I'm completely content with that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this man has watched every single season of Survivor multiple times. Yeah, well, that's true. And that's why anytime (laughs) anyone ever faces me in a Survivor trivia challenge, they never stand a chance. Well, speaking of trivia, we're going to be doing some baseball trivia later with our guest. No Survivor trivia. I'm not as confident in that in that that Mike's not confident. All right, he's not as confident as Survivor. Mike's not as confident because he doesn't trust me. He thinks the trivia is rigged, but you know we'll see. Well, it's, it's, the, I'm, I'm afraid the questions are going to be so specific, like who won on October 3rd, 1987, <laughs> between the Yankees and the Red Sox. I don't know. <laughs> it might be rigged. It might not be. We will yeah. see. Yeah, we'll All see. All right. Moving on to our next game of the week. Obviously, every single season we pick the Jags game, we pick the Bills game, we pick the Giants game. And then we pick ourselves a lock. We're going to be doing the Eliminator Challenge once again. If you guys remember last year, I got absolutely cucked in the uh, Eliminator Challenge. I I was even given a second life because I lost in the first week. And then I ended up losing in like week three. So yeah, so so, so this year we're doing double elimination just for the sake of if the same thing happens again to either of us. So yeah, so 
there, there'll be a couple chances. Uh, I'll, I'll be excited to see who you choose for your lock, and then I actually still haven't even chosen mine. It's going to be on the fly. Um, but we're going to move on to our first game of the week that we're going to be reviewing that is part of the Big Four, and that is the Jaguars facing the Indianapolis Colts in Indy at Lucas Oil Stadium. This is obviously one of the games that if you're talking or if you were watching any other podcast that wasn't Jaguars or Colts related, you probably wouldn't hear much about. Uh, definitely one of the least interesting games of the week. Um, I think the only reason it's semi-interesting is because the Jaguars have had an exorbitant amount of hype, like I said before, thrown around them. There are people predicting them to be the number one seed in the AFC, including someone on this show. Uh, there is also uh, people predicting Trevor Lawrence to potentially be an MVP candidate. I mean, there is so much hype around this team that I don't even really know how to handle it. It stresses me out, and I don't like it. Every time I see it on social media, I just want to completely scroll away and not read the comments about people saying, oh, there's still the same old Jags. But this week, they have absolutely zero excuse to lose to this Indianapolis Colts team. Anthony Richardson drafted during an early first round by the Indianapolis Colts quarterback out of Florida is an athletic freak. The man is most likely going to be a very successful quarterback in the NFL as long as the Colts take care of him and surround him with some good talent. But right now, they are not surrounding him with good talent. His best receiver is Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor is having some contract issues. He wants to be traded. He doesn't want to play for the Colts because he probably understands that the team sucks and he wants to move on to somewhere that's a little bit more of a contender. Last season with Matt Ryan at the helm and Sam Ellinger for some games, they had an abysmal offensive line. Their defense, nothing special. There's nobody on their defense that really wows you. It's like, okay, that guy is uh, a recipe for of success for them and will break, break down uh, a team's offensive game plan. There's nobody on their defense like that. Going from top to bottom, the Jaguars are better in almost every single category. Jaguars need to win this game, right, Mike? Uh, you've laid it out perfectly. They really have no excuse to lose this game. And I I, I know it's it's weird for anybody who is a fan of the Jags or I'm like, I'm always talking about the Jags because of this show. So I'm always familiar with the, the that the, you know, there's that expression, Chargers are going to charge. Well, Jags, Jags, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just... They, they always like seem to trip themselves in a way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hype around the Jaguars, as you said. There are people who are, like, quote-unquote experts who are picking them to be the number one seed. Definitely win the division. Like, that's like – I don't think I've watched one sports show, whether it was on Fox, whether it was on ESPN, whether it was through another affiliate – no one is picking any team but Jacksonville to win the South this year. So, like, no one that like that is just a foregone conclusion. Like, you don't even have to play the games. People are saying that's going to be the case. Um, the Other than is, Tennessee fans, other than Titans yeah. fans, I see them commenting on everything, being like, "Titans are going to win the division." Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drew, Drew loves the Titans. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, and, and I think that uh, I've seen one person pick the Colts, uh, and it was Colin Cowherd. Not to win the division, to win this game. Oh, to win this game, yeah. Right. Because he makes the argument that Anthony Richardson is this like amazing talent that the Jags won't see coming and will be caught off guard by, and it's going to upset them. I don't think that's the case. He has no supporting cast around him. Uh, their defense is not good. Uh, and I think that the Jaguars were a team that really found their groove towards the end of the year. They had that amazing comeback against the Chargers. And then they really 
played with Kansas City almost all the way in that game. Only a few plays they were shot different. themselves in the foot in that game, really. They jagged. The yeah, the, yeah, the Jags jagged in that. But they had all offseason to, to sit with that. And I think with a second year with Doug Peterson as the head coach and Trevor Lawrence is having yet another year to learn from the mistakes that he made, that everyone's kind of expecting him to really become the great NFL quarterback that they thought he was going to be when he was playing at Clemson. So, yeah, I think the Jaguars will take care of business. I think this is going to be the first game that shows this is a different Jaguars team. And it's a really crucial game, even though it's only the first game of the season. Your percentage of making the playoffs is really low if you lose the first game. And it's really, really low if you lose the first two games. Now, their second game is against Kansas City. Now, it's not like just because you're playing Kansas City, you're signing up for a loss. But let's be fair. The Chiefs will win most of their games this year, and they're a very tough team. They're the best team in the NFL, Super Bowl champions for a reason. And fortunately, the Jags have that game at home. And if the Chris Jones holdout holds up till then, then the Jags could potentially go 2-0, and then they're really going to be on the momentum for the season that everyone's kind of expecting them to have. So it's a very important game for them just to not only just to win, but to get off to a good start, but also you just have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. You can't go through the season and drop games because every game means so much in the NFL. It's not like baseball or even basketball where there's so many games that you can afford to lose every now and then it's not going to really do much to you in the standings In football. Every loss means so much. Yep. And so you, and the Jags don't have the toughest schedule, but they do have some games on there that are going to be crucial for them to make sure that they put themselves in this gauntlet of an AFC into a really high seed because it would be great for the Jaguars to not only be in the playoffs, but to have a few home games at their disposal as well. Wouldn't yeah. it be, I mean, wouldn't it be great for them to make it to the AFC championship game and possibly have that game either at home or be that first road game? Oh, 100%. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, everybody saw the, the how the crowd showed up towards the end of last year when it came to that Titans game. Uh, when it came to the the home playoff game against the Chargers, I mean, man, the the, the Jaguars fans showed out, and you could hear like Duval from the fucking Raptors, you know. So yeah. they need that again in the playoffs if they want to be able to make a run. And with that run, it starts with beating a team like the Colts here. So I am picking the Jacksonville Jaguars to stomp the Colts. I'm going to be I'm so nervous for this game because they need to win this game. I don't care what it is about, like you said, losing the first game. Oh, we've seen. Tom Brady and the Patriots lose their first first game before. We've seen some of the great teams lose early and then come back. I don't want that shit. I want us to start strong. I want us to be undefeated going into that Bills game in London when I'm watching. That'd yeah. be awesome. So yeah. I'm picking them to win. Yeah, I, I'm definitely picking the Jaguars as well. I think the other thing that's spooky about it is that they, the Jags seem to always beat the Colts in Jacksonville, but they never seem to beat them in Indianapolis, and they seem to always play them on like week one, or like we, it's very early on, but they play the Colts a lot on, on opening week. So yeah, we've seen it a lot, you know, but Hey, it's not Peyton Manning. Who's the quarterback of the Colts anymore. Right. It's not we're, we're Andrew not playing against a good team. Like, like that's yeah. the thing. There's no excuse. I saw this stat. The Jaguars have never scored more than 27 points on the road at Indy. Never. Do you think this wow. is the week? This is the week that they break that. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's all about it is that they win. That's all yeah, that matters. All that matters is that they win. It could be 16 to 9. As long as they win, that's all that you can ask for. There you go. All right. We'll move on to the next game here. And we're going to talk about Money Mike's game. Daniel Jones versus Dak Prescott. Giants versus Cowboys. A matchup that has uh, not really gone in the Giants' favor as of late, unfortunately. The Cowboys seem to have the Giants' number when it comes to these matchups. 
Yeah. Money Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's been a while since we've beaten the Cowboys. And uh, we couldn't even beat the Cowboys when we broke Dak Prescott halfway through the game. Um, you know, he, <laughs> he got carted off the field and we still lost. Uh, and we lost to them last year when Cooper Rush was the quarterback of the team. You know, it's just like we have, they've had our number. They've definitely had our number the last few few rounds. But this Sunday night football game will be the first time in a while the New York Giants will play the Dallas Cowboys and come out on top. I really feel so great about where this Giants offense is coming into this year. It's the second year with Coach Dayball, who is the reigning coach of the year. Uh, Daniel Jones has some new weapons, and some of his old weapons are back from injury. Sterling Shepard and Wandale Robinson uh, are going to be back. Um, you've got Jalen Hyatt, who's going to be wearing the number 13. He's going to try to set a new legacy with that number in New York Giants blue. I have the 13 jersey. It's just it has Zodell Beckham's name on the back of it. You know, <laughs> And then, uh, you know, Waller's uh, the newest uh, and brightest star that we have uh, to come into the New York Giants fold. So, uh, Best I'm really pass catcher that Daniel Jones has ever had, you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram sucks. So, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> He's good now. He, he was terrible on the Giants. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, yeah. I definitely think he's the, so the, the best hands that Daniel Jones has played with. Saquon Barkley is, you know, he didn't get the deal he wanted, but he's been back this whole time from training camp on, uh, and he's going to be a star once again. So offensively, the Giants are going to be better, and defensively, they are more athletic. They are going to be even better under Wink Martindale's system, and I think that. Dak Prescott's confidence is shaken a bit. You know, he, he's been talked about a lot this offseason. Uh, he did not have, he had his worst career season last year with the most turnovers he's ever had. Um, and uh, it's a new offensive system with Mike McCarthy. He's, uh, he's got a great defense behind him. Arguably the, the, arguably the best defense in football. I think the Cowboys defense is going to be right up there with the 49ers and the, the Eagles defense the and the Steelers too. defense. Yep. Patriots, yep. Uh, yeah, the the Cowboys are going to be up there because they've got Dan Quinn, who's arguably the best defensive coordinator in football. And, yeah, so I, I think this game, I talked about in the Chiefs-Lions, like, you know, bet the over. I would say this is the game that you bet the under on. I think it's not going to be that high scoring. Um, but I just feel like the enthusiasm of the New York Giants fans like myself and Sir Burrito Bandit uh, is going to be speaking of which in- Burrito Bandit in the chat says Cowboys getting fucked fifty to zero Giants undefeated season incoming mm-hmm. bet it on credit. Uh, that would be amazing. That if that was what happens, I would be uh, so so enthused. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Giants to win on opening night, go one and zero, and the Dallas Cowboys are going to lose not only the first game to a New York team. Uh, but they'll lose week two to the other New York team. And Jerry Jones will have to t- talk to his uh, his business friends and partners in New York and be taunted, and it'll bring me so much joy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, I'm going to do the same because uh, I think it's just the more fun pick. I definitely think the Giants have a decent yeah. shot here. Yeah, I feel like these games are always incredibly ugly between these two. Um, it's, it's never really like a super uh, high-flying, high-scoring game. I feel like... Uh, the Cowboys kind of get a lead, and then the Giants are are just kind of clawing their way back, and they can they can just never really get there, right? That that's kind of how I feel when I'm watching these games. It always feels to me like this is how it always goes. The no matter what happens from the first quarter to the fourth, well, what happens is the Giants get a lead late, like oh, they'll okay. score with maybe like under two minutes to go, and the Cowboys are driving. Neither the Cowboys complete it with a game winning drive and break our hearts, or they choke it. It's one of those two things. That's what always seems to happen. So uh, hopefully this time the Giants can win comfortably for my own 
blood pressure in my own sake. You know, I'm only 29, but I've got some gray hairs growing in. I don't need more from the stress. <laughs> Fair enough. All righty. Well, I am also picking the Giants, so we'll see what happens. I'll be rooting for your boys in blue. All righty. Next game we've got here is the Buffalo Bills traveling to MetLife Stadium to face Aaron Rodgers and the new look New York Jets. A very exciting game, a highly anticipated game. Probably, I would say, the game of the week. Uh, good yeah. on the NFL for scheduling this as the Monday night contest. Obviously, a lot of storylines surrounding both of these teams. The New York Jets obviously signing Aaron Rodgers as the biggest storyline, but they have Brees Hall coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, they signed Dalvin Cook in the offseason, so they've got a stacked running back core. Obviously, the connection between Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson is going to be something to watch as Garrett Wilson played fantastic last year with Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. Um, biggest issue with this New York Jets team is obviously their offensive line. There's been a lot of talk about how it's not the best, but in the NFL, teams can get by with bad offensive lines. We've seen it before. We've seen the Bengals do it. We've seen the Bills do it. It's definitely a possibility. And now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is an aging quarterback, and he's not able to move as well as he used to, but he can still make it work. I mean, obviously, yeah. he kind of made it his uh, M.O. last year to be more of a dink and dunk type of guy. He wasn't a tossing it down the field as much as possible last year. He's relying more on the run game. We'll see if their offense looks similar this year with the New York Jets or if they're able to kind of air it out a little bit more with some better targets on the outside. And with the Buffalo Bills, obviously, they ended up losing Tremaine Edmonds uh, in their linebacking core. So it's a weaker linebacker core. Linebacker core. But the rest of the team, they're basically returning back the same. And they were able to, uh, they got rid of Devin Singletary as their lead back and brought up James Cook. They they signed Damian Harris as well. So their running back core is pretty solid. But at the end of the day, the storyline is the same as ever with the Buffalo Bills. Give the ball to Josh, Josh Allen. Hopefully he uh, ends up making enough plays for them and he gets them to dub here. Money Mike, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I'm guessing you're picking the Jets. Well, I... Uh... <laughs> There's a lot of, like you said, very interesting storylines with both of these teams all offseason uh, for two very different reasons. I think that there was excitement around the New York Jets because Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet and he's a, um, what, four or five time MVP, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers. Um, and uh, he's won two of the last three MVP awards. So him coming to New York and bringing some friends with him, uh, they already have a great defense. Um, and they were forced to do hard knocks. So there was a lot of exposure to them at, on that, you know, in that category as well. So there's a, just a lot of hype around the New York jets and like the Detroit lions. It's like, is it real? Or are they going to be the same crappy team we've seen for a very long time? I mean, the jets are still the team with the longest tenure to not make the playoffs. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs since they made those back-to-back -back AFC championships with Mark Sanchez. Uh, you, if you don't remember who Mark Sanchez is, just think of that butt fumble on Thanksgiving. Everyone remembers that. Um, and then you've got the Buffalo Bills, who are a team that have been everybody's favorite to win the Super Bowl. It feels like they've been they were the they were by far the most popular pick last year going into the season. Yeah, a lot of people were picking the Buffalo Bills to win, and not only that, they won on opening night against the Rams in LA, and everybody was just like, "Yep, they're for real. They're the Bills. They're gonna look at this. They just defeated the Rams. They're they're so great. Yeah, yeah." And the Rams turned out to be a really terrible team last year. So uh, let's just get, let's calm the brakes on that. You know, that's what I was saying, but no one would listen to me until later on. Um, and then the Bills are a team that they have the drama with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. What was going on there? There was a lot of smoke around that this offseason. Um, like, is 
Diggs going to try to force his way out of Buffalo? Is he unhappy? Is he just the only one who's unhappy? Or is this a reflection of the entire locker room? What is it? I think that that whole story was a reflection of the fact that there are some people in the Bills, maybe the organization, but also the fans, that know that the window they had to win a championship is closing. It was open, but it's closing. And I think that frustration came out of Diggs, and it also came out of Bills Mafia, and so there's that drama surrounding that. And then Miami and the Jets getting better, and Bill Belichick still being in New England, it's just like causing a panic. Now, you have also have all these other teams in the AFC. There's just a lot going on for the Bills. Now, Von Miller's not going to be available for this game or the first four games if I have my uh, story correct. He's going to be out, I think, week four with the injury that he has. He's definitely not going to be playing week one. Mm-hmm. And... I've I've honestly gone back and forth on this game because part of me is four just weeks. like, yeah, four weeks. Okay. So part of me has thought the hype around the Jets is real and I did pick them to win the division and I picked them to win the division because their schedule towards the end of the year is weaker than it is at the beginning. They have a very tough start and the Bills have a tougher schedule towards the end of the year. So I'm like thinking, okay, the Jets are going to go on a run. The Bills are going to struggle and they might steal the division towards the end. Um, but I think in this opening game, I am going to pick the Buffalo Bills to go to MetLife Stadium and win because I think that it's going to be a struggle for the Jets out of the gate. Um, and there's going to be that drama surrounding them like, oh, see, this was all hype. And the Bills are going to have that kind of chip on their shoulder mentality. Like no one's respecting us. No one's talking about us. They're all talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. They're New York, but we're the real New York team. We actually play in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to have that chip on their shoulder and they're going there and win. And people we know he's been a guest on this podcast are going to be like see the bills are the best team ever they're going to win the afc East. the jets are a joke it's one week but the bills are going to win it they're going to win this game but they're not going to win the division i'm picking the bills to to win on monday night football hopefully i can watch it on my tv if i find out by sunday that i can't i might just drop spectrum then in the moment and then sign up for youtube tv so i can watch this game i don't know <laughs> screw you spectrum Screw you, Disney. Uh, you could probably go over to someone else's place to watch the game, too. You can always do that. I, guess there's a I can, I can but... mooch off somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, yep. I, I uh, Those are definitely the storylines for the game. Totally understood uh, and not surprised on your opinions about the Bills this season. Um, I am also going to pick the Bills to win this game. I Kind of with the same points that you brought up. I think it's going to take a little bit for this Jets team to really figure it out. Um, it's, it's really hard for these newfound teams to really come out swinging, uh, out the gate. Uh, we've seen, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we saw the Tampa Bay Bucks when Brady first signed with their team that they ended up getting demolished by the New Orleans Saints in, in week one. Yeah. Um, and, and we've seen other examples along that vein as well. So I, I think it, that's going to be more of the same, the, the bills, obviously that with some losses, but they still are reco- returning the same core team. So I can't imagine that they're going to look much different from last year. So. I will be picking yeah. the Buffalo Bills as well. Yeah, I think, and I think that even without Von Miller, that Bills front is going to cause enough havoc to kind of cause that Jets offense some trouble. And I think that the Bills will find a way to um, make enough plays just to win the game. And that's all that you need to do. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we are now going to go through our eliminator pick for week one of the NFL season. Obviously, as this works, we go every single week. A lot of people have been in an eliminator pool before. You get to pick one team to win. If that team wins that week, you can never pick them again for the rest of the season. And we go until one of us has been incorrect twice because 
This could end real quick if we are this single elimination. Um, so, Money Mike, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I would like you to go first. I will defer. Okay, sounds good. Why? Is it because you still have to think about who you're going to pick? No, I have mine ready, but I know you said you have yours on the fly, so I, I'm going to put the pressure on you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go with... I, I need to get a win out of the gate here, man. I can't be sweating about this uh, in week one again. Because I lost last night because I, I picked the Jags to beat the uh, the Washington Commanders. And that was frustrating because they should have won that game. Um, so this year, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to get them out of the way. Uh, obviously a team that you could use down the line, but there's no way they're losing to the Texans at home in week one to CJ Stroud and whoever else is on their roster, Damian Pierce, Nico Collins. I, I, I don't know. The Baltimore Ravens by 50. So I'm choosing that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we talked about it on the show the last two episodes that I'm definitely between the two of us, the one who comes in with a little, I've done a little bit more homework and I prepare a little bit more. <laughs> I have picked my eliminator pick for every single week this season oh my god you except, freaking nerd <laughs> except for week 18 except for week 18 i i wrote tbd but i have a team written out for every single week because i was like okay because when can you use the good teams like when are you gonna not use them when you're not and so i was like you know what i'm gonna pick you know look at each week what team do i think i would circle as an automatic win and how many times did i write them down i did this whole thing i had this whole chart that I did. i'm gonna laugh if you lose the first week I it's know, just like at How I Met Your Mother when they're doing their picks for the bracket and Barty yeah, walks in, yeah. it's like your pick lost. <laughs> and they're like, I didn't even know they're playing today. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this is going to feel like. So <laughs> I'm going to back up what I said last week on the show. And I do not think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be any good. So I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings to win at home against Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Steve, the Oracle Demblaker, your team better not let me down in week one and make me look like the biggest jabroni on here <laughs> <laughs> hey man you never know baker make mayfield could pull it out of his ass and get them a dub yeah. he still had some good pieces around him on offense he could make it work he could make yes. it work yeah sure yeah, we'll see <laughs> we'll see all righty so those are our locks i've taken the baltimore ravens money mike has taken the minnesota vikings if the ravens lose i'm pretty sure this all is just rigged and i'm gonna call bullshit but all right so last uh nfl topic for today and then we will be bringing on our guest that is a conversation that we wanted to have in terms of a prediction of who is going to win the mvp this year now obviously there are a ton of candidates every single year and most of them are quarterbacks that's kind of the conversation is who is going to be the best quarterback who is the one that's going to have the best case that they carried their team to victory so money mike i'm going to have you go first who is your official prediction for winning the mvp this year Okay, so this one, I did not do a huge chart and do a bunch of homework on this one. I kind of am going to go on the fly. I'm going to do the Drew Torres approach to this question, even there though I knew go. it was coming. Um, but I thought about it like this. Every time that you think of MVP, think of who's the best. Now, who's the best player? Now, that can be interpreted in one of two ways. Either who's just the most valuable player like in the league and who's, who's the best. Like If you were starting every team from scratch and you're the first pick, who would you take? But then there's other instances of people who are like, well, who has the best story this year? Who is uh, the most valuable to their individual team? Now, who's the best player in the whole league? Who's the best to their team? So it depends on how you really look at it. And the other thing to think of is Michael Jordan was the best player in the NBA every year he stepped foot on the court. But he did not win MVP every single year. 
because the media get bored with giving it to the same person over and over and over again. It's why the Joker didn't win this year and they gave it to Joel Embiid. The Joker's by far a better player than Joel Embiid. Statistically, he had a better year than Joel Embiid, but they mm-hmm. got bored with giving it to him two years in a row. So they gave it to Joel Embiid and he cried and he lost to the Celtics. So, um, <laughs> and, and Joker won the, the finals. So who was really the better player? Come on. Um, so I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is not going to win it this year. I feel like they're going to be bored with giving it to him again. So I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes off the board. Now, that being said, there's some other players that I will put into contention that I'm like, they'll win it if their team is as hyped as people think, like Trevor Lawrence, like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and if the Eagles can repeat what they did last year, Jalen Hurts would be in that conversation as well. Or if the Ravens will be as good as like people like me think they'll be. Lamar would be in the conversation. But there's one team that I think I know is going I don't think is going to be good. I know is going to be good. And he's a player who's made it to the conference championship two years in a row. And you know, if he can lead his team yet another strong run, he's gonna be playing from the start of this season. Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's my pick to win the MVP because I think he's going to be playing all season and he's going to just be I know he has that calf injury, but that's kind of going to help him in his story to win the MVP is like, oh, he was hurt, but he overcame that and he led the Bengals on this amazing season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's the story that I am going to invest my money in uh, for this question. And so I'm picking Joe Burrow to be league MVP. I want to pick Daniel Jones, but I, I you know, <laughs> in, in that vein, I, I'm, being real, I'm being realistic here. <laughs> This man's about to come on the show, but I got to read this comment out first. Uh, Burrito Bandit's prediction is Eli Manning will win MVP after cashing in his quarterback (laughs) QB in the bank briefcase after Daniel Jones gets pulled due to pulling a hammy after running a ball end to end from one end zone to the next is what I think he meant to say. So if you don't understand that reference in the WWE, guys will sometimes get this money in the bank briefcase where they can cash it in and, and win the title, basically. That's yeah. what Eli Manning's going to do. He's going to cash in his briefcase and take the starting job from Daniel Jones and win the MVP. Well, I've got the <laughs> Eli Manning jersey on as we record this, so I, I, I wouldn't mind if that was the case. <laughs> as long as the Giants get another Super Bowl with Eli on top of it, I'm okay with that. There we go. All right. Well, uh, all right. So you're predicting Joe Burrow. That's a fair prediction. Understandable. The man is elite. Um, Hopefully the injury that he's dealing with right now isn't something that's going to sideline him or hinder him for an extended period of time, because obviously that could hurt his case if he doesn't play that well to start the season here. But really, it, it oftentimes it really just matters how you finish the season and how you play for an extended period of time towards the end. So Joe Burrow could definitely be that guy. Uh, from my standpoint, I'm going with the Homer pick. Ah, there you go. <laughs> He's going with Trevor. Um, this is complete bullshit. There's probably a 5% chance that this is actually going to happen. I, I know he's a fantastic quarterback. I know I'm looking at all of this through rose-colored glasses as a Jaguars fan that's feeling all of this hype. But there is an, there is an opportunity for this because he is surrounded by an insane supporting cast. He's got Calvin Ridley as a true elite wide receiver one. He's got Christian Kirk as probably one of the best, if not the best, slot receiver in the game. And then he's got Evan Ingram, who's turned out to be a fantastic tight end, much to the chagrin of Money Mike Gilchrist. 
and uh, Zay Jones is a is a very good wide receiver three. And then he's got some great running backs and Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby to help him out to kind of open up and make space for uh, his ability to throw the ball. And then, like you said, that second year with Doug Peterson, I think that's going to be something magical. So I'm picking Trevor Lawrence to win the MVP, to bring us to the promised land, go to the Super Bowl, baby. Well, here's a uh, wild prediction. Uh, if a quarterback doesn't win it this mm. year, I would say TJ Watt will win it because if the Steelers are any good at all, it's going to be because of their defense and they win most of their games when he plays. He just doesn't ever stay healthy. So if he stays healthy and they win like the AFC North, if you're going to give it to a player that wasn't a, a, a quarterback, I think he would be the one who gets it. That would be my That would be my guess. But it's going to be a quarterback. And it's going to be – I'm assuming it's going to be one of five people. It's going to be either Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, or Lamar Jackson. Like, it's going to be one of those guys. It, or it could be Josh Allen still. You know, he still yeah. is in the running. Uh, but <laughs> Don't say that so regrettingly, Mike. Come on, man. The man's a well, freak. You got to admit, he, like, no, if the no, Bills no, I are forgot good. About I, I forgot about him. This thing, I forgot. So I was like, oh, yeah, him too. I forgot to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, him too. Dude, if the Bills, if you're wrong, and the Bills do make finally make their way to the to the Super Bowl, it's going to be because he just had a Herculean superhero effort. So oh, that's why he's always a pick for the MVP. But you also know this, because you can't disagree with this. You know that if the Jets are as good as like they're hyped up to be, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is winning MVP. Because that's going to be what the the, the yeah. NFL media will want to do, is like give it to Aaron Rodgers because he's the savior of New York. You know, <laughs> Right. No, and that's entirely fair, too. Um, there's like, like you said, there's, there's so many good candidates, but they're basically all quarterbacks. If I was to choose someone, um, that isn't a quarterback that would win the title, I think it'd be Tank Bigsby. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just by name alone. I don't care you how, know, how good he, or how, uh, how few he touches the ball. He wins the MVP. Most people listening to this podcast doesn't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to find out cause the man's going to lead us to the promised land. Like I said. Yeah. And also, for those of you uh, who are listening, and again, we appreciate it. Uh, Drew and I face each other in fantasy this week. So uh, I think that I have by far the best team in our league. So I think that Drew's in for a loss there, but we'll see. Maybe I'm just being arrogant. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. I was going to say, never. All right. Uh, well, now let's move on to our next section of the show the show part of the show that i've very much been looking forward to and that is to welcome my friend my buddy sir burrito bandit onto the show to talk baseball because this this man is probably one of the if not the most devoted baseball fans i have ever met and money mike is one of my has been one of my closest friends as well this man watches every single yankees game he lives for the Yankees. He dies for the Yankees. He's from New York. How are you doing, my friend? Please tell me your mic is working. Hey, long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Uh, what's going on with the athletics? <laughs> yeah, you're curious about the Oakland A's, huh? What's going on with the, this this long-running uh, establishment? <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I think the money ball di- money ball days are over. Would you agree? Uh, oh, they're definitely over. <laughs> they're, they're long over. They're moving to Vegas, and they still aren't going to make a dime, brother. They're going bankrupt. Yeah, that, that's going to be a big issue. But hey, man, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. We're very happy to have you on the show, Money Mike. Meet Burrito Bandit. You've heard his name a million times in the chat. Well, here he is. Hello, How's it going, gentlemen? Good, sir? What's up, How brother? Are you doing? 
my my fellow New York's Giants lover, even though I don't really watch football, but I'm committed to the you know the state of New York. Yeah, we we align on football. I gotta say, I mean, I know you're a big Yankees fan, so I uh, I had to put all my Red Sox gear on to prepare myself for this conversation. Did you actually? <laughs> I did. I did. Love I was that. wearing my Eli jersey. I took it off. I put on a Red Sox hoodie and my Red Sox cap. I respect it, man. I, I do. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's matching the occasion, but. Like I alluded to before, as, as I was doing your intro, Burrito, uh, you are definitely one of the biggest baseball fans I've ever met, and definitely the biggest Yankees fan I've ever met. Why don't you give us yeah, a little I... bit of story of why the Yankees, what they mean to you, and how pissed you are at how they've been playing this season? Oh, listen, I'm watching the game right now, too. It's a, it's a tie game against the Tigers. It shouldn't be a tie game against the fucking Tigers. It's the fucking Tigers. What are we doing? <laughs> what? Whatever. Um, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm from here. Like, it's just, you grow up around it, you know? Like, you go to the pizzeria, and you, you, you know, the, my boys got the, the game on, on the television, and you talk to them and go, like, earlier this week, I went I went to pick up a pie, and I was like, yo, what's up with uh, us being garbage right now? What's happening with this fucking organization? Why are these guys just forgetting how to hit a ball with a bat like we've been doing? For almost a hundred something, whatever years, as formerly as the the Yankees, not the New York Highlanders or the the formerly Baltimore Orioles before that, or whatever the fuck it was in eighteen seventy. <laughs> My favorite year, eighteen seventy. Yes. Eighteen seventy, yeah, back when they were playing with literally literally sticks and just like corks. They didn't even put leather on them yet. Oh man, that that's hilarious. And so, is that the biggest issue you think with the Yankees this year so far? Is their hitting has been abysmal. Oh, absolutely. Like right now, uh, Cole gave up like one run in six innings, just one, which is like, you know, amazing for like every pitcher on the planet. And I'm like, oh, fuck, we're, we're screwed. We're not going to score again. It's a tie game one on one. And my immediately thought for the 27 time world champions is, oh, we lose to the Tigers, <laughs> who, if I could just look up their stats real quick, the Detroit Tigers are 63 and 74 I have so that should not screen. be a, that should not be a team that i am afraid of us losing to in yankee stadium at 8 52 p.m september 5th 2023 Especially with <laughs> <pitching>. <laughs> it was cold pitching <laughs> with our ace on the mound giving us six innings of one run ball it doesn't make any sense uh that is that differential bro what is that that's not the yankees team what are we doing yeah Oh, if, 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 if Mr. Steinbrenner was alive right now, he'd beat Cashman to death on the mound after the game in front of the fans and give them all their money back. Hey, yeah. I would say fair enough. Money Mike, what, what are your thoughts? We talked about this a little bit, but these standings are the exact opposite of what we would have expected any season to go with the AL East, right? I mean, Baltimore at the top, what, what is going on? Yeah, that, that it's been a very strange year for the American League East. Uh, for some reason, Tampa Bay, the last like 10 years, has been consistently good. But yeah, usually it's the Yankees and the Red Sox fighting for who's going to be the uh, supreme winner of this division. And Baltimore's always in the basement. Um, I think what Burrito's speaking to, though, for the Yankees is that if George Steinbrenner were still alive, there are a lot of things would be different for the Yankees. Because if, and Burrito, you listen to what I'm about to say here, and you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong at all by being, a, this is coming from a Red Sox fan perspective, but I did grow up in the state of New York. So I think I have a, an idea of how Yankee fans think. The all Yankees right. are supposed to be the standard for excellence. They are supposed to be that team that in the offseason, if you're a high free agent, you, the Yankees are a team that are going to be calling for you and you're going to want to play for them because they're the New York Yankees. They have the standard for excellence and that is winning. 
And if you're a Yankee fan, you go into every single season thinking that it's World Series or bust. But you think that at le- very least you're going to be competing for a championship. And the New York Yankees have not be- even been to the World Series since 2009. They haven't landed a marquee free agent that's really big the last like five or six years other than Garrett Cole. But that's about it. Um, they haven't really made any blockbuster trades where they're really bringing stars to the Yankees because, you know, the Yankees were biggest. They're one of their biggest criticisms was they basically buy their players. But you know what? That got them to be who they are, which is the team that won all the time. They're not doing that anymore. So it's just it's been frustrating for Yankee fans. They expect excellence and they're getting everything short of excellence. And anytime they've been good the last few years, the one team they can never seem to be is the Houston Astros. And now they're playing like dog shit. And they sweep the Houston Astros. I can't imagine how frustrating that series was. Like, even though you were excited to watch your team win a series, you're like, well, this is useless right now. We're, we're still not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I could have used that uh, in October. Uh, <laughs> I could have definitely used that fucking, like, you know, almost a whole year ago. Yeah. But no, yeah, 100%. You're right. Yeah. And we were, we, Drew and I were there at Fenway Park. We watched this Yankees team play this year. Um, and it was a very exciting game for me. It was not oh, an exciting game for you. No, um, I turned it off. I had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burrito, I was standing right next to Drew in Fenway Park. And I said, How cool would it be to witness a grand slam? And literally, I say that. And two seconds later, Turner hits a grand slam. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I, I listen, it's a little, it's a little more, uh, less Yankees lamenting, but I called Volpe's first Grandy and I was like, Jesus Christ, that, I couldn't believe it. That was amazing. That, that yeah. was probably the best. I was like, yo, wouldn't it be crazy if you just hit a grand slam? I just heard my uncle. I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if you just hit a grand slam? Fucking just knock that beautiful sound you get when you get the barrel on the ball. It was gorgeous. Yeah, oh, man. That's the peak of your life right there, man. No, the peak of my life was last night when we swept the or the, the night before when we swept the Astros. That was my that was my World Series for the year. That was the best bit of Yankees baseball I've seen since like opening day last year. <laughs> so is Aaron Boone gonna get fired finally or no? I mean, I'll be honest. I I don't. He's not really like of, of all of the problems. He's really not even one of the big ones. Or even kind of like a minor one. Like you could get an upgrade, I guess. It's just the front office just doesn't know what they're doing. Like, I, I turned to my uncle and I was like, listen, how is it that we have all of these talented players that know how to play ball, that have amazing numbers on, like, you know, their careers, and somehow every single one of them at the exact same time has the same exact approach at the plate and have the same exact result is pop up, fly out, pop up, fly out, fly out, pop up. Oh, he got hit by the pitch. That's the only way we're going to get on base. Double play, pop up, fly out. Like, it's the same nonsense. You don't have to change your approach when you play against the Yankees because they all play exactly the fucking same because the analytics that the front office gives them is ball, hit hard, go big, fly, big number, home run. That's how we win. They're they're just just bonobos who just suddenly have, like, pens and papers in, in fucking New York HQ just going, like... Ooh, ooh, 110 mile per hour velocity, Elo, 38, uh, ang- launch angle, short porch. It's like, all right, motherfucker, how about you got some lefties to get, like, some short porch, uh, become porch merchants? Because if you look at the lineup right now, it's all righties. <laughs> There's no, look at the difference between the 2023 Yankees and the 1998 Yankees, and you will see a stark difference in the way the lineup is constructed in where you have a short porch and to make best use of that porch and to make best use of your stadium, you have a bunch of lefties to just porch job your opposing pitcher and make them incredibly frustrated. As, as someone who isn't a, a baseball fan, what does porch mean? 
so the every so unlike uh, I guess most people wouldn't know unless you were a, a, a decent enough baseball fan. Not every ballpark has the same dimensions. So Dodger Stadium has what you would consider like the prototypical in most people's minds baseball stadium. It's perfectly even all the way around. It's like 410 in the middle and it's evened out to like 380 or 390 or something like that at the corners on right. So it's like a, you know, it's pretty much a smooth, you know, um, curve. Sure. Uh, Fenway, for example, they couldn't do that because they have a fucking street on the left side of where their their field would be. So they had to constitute it with this the Green Monster, which is a, a landmark in the entirety of the United States. The Cathedral of Baseball. Ba- basically, depending on who you ask. Uh, I guess now that old Yankee Stadium is gone, you can have it. Uh, unless you want to argue with the Cubs and Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field, yeah, yeah. No, sure. Derelict fucking ancient Coliseum-ass stadium. But, yeah, so to constitute the lack of depth, they went for height with the wall. So if you hit it above a certain point, it counts as a homer to constitute the length. Yankee Stadium, for however, has almost literally the exact opposite of a giant wall on that field. We have a small fence on the right side of our field that comes in. So, essentially, every fly ball that you would see on the right field and any other stadium turns into – it makes every lefty that plays at Yankee Stadium Barry Bonds. (laughs) <laughs> it just everybody's getting dingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously, if you're gonna have a ballpark where you have a porch where lefties turn into ding, uh, you know, bare bonds, you just go get a bunch of guys that know how to play ball properly, and then you just, you know take advantage of it. Yeah. This team think, obviously forgot about that. Yeah, I think I heard one time that the uh, what was different from old Yankee Stadium to this new Yankee Stadium that they designed is that the wind directions reverse, so it's easier to hit a home run in the new Yankee Stadium versus the old one. Yeah, that's correct. Also, I think just Carl Stan just hit his 400th home run. I have the game on. I don't have audio on, but he's like, uh, yeah, he just hit 400 homers. Good for him. He, We need to get rid of him, by the way, unfortunately. As crazy as that is that he just made like a crazy milestone and he was the uh, all-star MVP last year. Uh, homeboy's got to go. Also, we took the lead, 3-1. to one. Let's go. Hopefully, <laughs> we can hold on to it. <laughs> but yeah, like that's another thing, too. The, the roster construction for literally like five months, we were playing an outfield that was composed of infielders. That's not a joke. I know that's a crazy thing to say. I have a stat here for you. I pulled up a couple stats. Not a lot. I just pulled up a couple. The Yankees have started since 2021. This is two years, effectively three seasons. They have started. You want to guess the number of how many different players have started in left field? Just throw a number out there. In the last Twelve. five years? And, and since 2021. 12. Uh, I'm going to say 22. All right. Mike was the closest, but unfortunately, prices, right rules, you went over. It's 20. We have started 20 <laughs> different people in left field started not even like oh we need a defensive substitute or homeboys coming off an injury we let's get him out of there it's like the seventh inning we're already went no we started 20 different people in left field we don't have any idea what we're fucking doing this year especially we didn't have a left fielder until we called up Pereira like a couple weeks ago yeah well we- i mean this is why i i would think aaron boone needs to go because if you're gonna clean out the front office and get cashman out of there finally Aaron Boone has been basically in lockstep with the front office, the way he manages. Yes. So I think you need to take all of it. I just say clean house and bring in a new general manager with a new manager uh, to call the games and kind of do what the Giants did with Brian Dayball and Joe Shane and just bring in a new culture to 
to start this off to get it set in the right direction. That's what I would do. I mean, if I'm a, from my Red Sox fan perspective, I hope they don't change a thing and they stay bad. That would be my <laughs> ideal. But if I'm speaking for, from your standpoint or as a Yankee fan, that's what I would want to do, them to do. No, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Honestly, I, I I don't really care about Boone too much. Like, my biggest problem with Boone is that he doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. Like, for example, we went on my uncle's birthday, and we literally had Domingo Herman throw eight shutout innings of ball, and instead of letting him get the complete game, he pulled them, and we lost that fucking game. Yeah. Which was crazy. We were winning the whole day, and then we literally gave up, like, three or four runs. It was absurd. That is so that's my biggest problem. That's my biggest problem with Boone. He just doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. Well, what did Boone say in response to that? Like, what was his reasoning? Dude, he just, he just, he, whatever the front office tells him, which is what I was about to bring up with Michael and what I agree with. The, the, the front office and the owning, the owner, and then the manager and general manager, the, it's not even like a hierarchy or a system of command. It's, it's like this weird, like, like homunculus of garbage of, of them just kind of parroting the same shit at each other and nothing gets done. Like, they're just, it's like, before you had the owner, which is George, and then the front office went to him. And whatever he wanted, you do, because he's the boss. That's the entire reason that they have this, that, the reason that the Yankees are the Yankees isn't because they have the oldest field like Wrigley. And it's not because that they were one of the oldest integrated teams ever to, and won, won a bunch of World Series in a row at the, like, when it started, like the Red Sox. It's because we're fucking winners. That's what we are. That's what New York is. It's the it's the Empire State, the Empire of Baseball. Twenty seven World Championships. That is the most in any fucking sport since we took over. I forget the 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 NHL team, the the Canadians. Canadians. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the Montreal Canadiens. Right. We overtook them. I think. Uh, I think two thousand was when we are a little bit before that. I forget what they are at now. I think they're yeah, yeah, like twenty four, twenty five, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we overtook him at like 99 or 2000 when we won that World Series when we finally like got the lead and then we elevated it with 09 and we haven't been back since. Right. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no hierarchy. It's all just they all parrot the same stuff to each other. And it drives me crazy when you have post press conferences when we're negative for the first time since 1992 was the last time the Yankees had a losing season. Whew. So, Yikes. like, literally 31 years of winning. And the preceding that, you have 40 pennants, 27 world titles, 20 division titles, and then the nine wild card berths, which, you know, who gives a shit, right? I don't think we've ever won off of a wild card. Yeah, we have, we've never won anything of a wild card berth. If we yeah, made it to the wild card, it was just to, you know, be like, hey, at least we made it. But and, that's and another thing. Yeah, the, and Bre- you, you've got to admit it makes you it makes you sick that the Yankees haven't been in the World Series since 2009, and since then the Red Sox have won two World Series, right? Not only have we not been back since 2009, we are currently in the longest pennant drought since 1981 to 1996. Because we're not winning shit this year. Let's be real. No, and not at all. Next season, unless they clean house and get rid of everybody that doesn't matter. Which, if it was me, I would keep, like, literally the rookies that we called up that swept, you know, my AAA Wilkes-Barre Royal Riders that came in and swept the Astros somehow. I have no fucking idea how they lost to a AAA team. But you keep the kids. <laughs> we keep Judge, right? We keep Rodon because we paid him all that money. We keep Cole. We keep my boy Nestor because he's the, the greatest of all time. 
And then you keep Glaber because he's the most consistent player we've ever had, even though everybody wants and to train him for some reason. Name. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, he has the best last name. He has the, the greatest, he's the greatest ever of anything. Look at that mustache, bro. <laughs> Look at that face he's making before he strikes you out with his 92-mile-per-hour fastball. Imagine getting struck out by a 92-mile-per-hour fastball. You go back to the dugout, your spirit is fucking shattered, bro. Yeah, he's not, Just he's like not, every he's, Yankee he's fan. Not, he's not the greatest Torres, though. I, I know plenty of Torreses that I would rank ahead of him. Yeah. Oh, I have to, my, my, my favorite Torres ever, he's, he's in this call right now. He's, he's the greatest. Oh, man mine's ever. not. Angelo's my favorite. But oh, you know, fuck you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, uh, I forget man. what I was saying. None of what I'm, none of my thoughts are structured. It's all just it, word vomit. No, it's okay. And I I love it when you when you talk about the Yanks in this way. It's hilarious. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, none of my thoughts are structured whatsoever. <laughs> but it, it's it's uh it's unfortunate to watch your team lose in this fashion. But the fact that you're this dedicated and still watching all the games, doing all of this, like <laughs> understanding all these stats, really going into the details of why they're failing. Like usually, all of these years when the Jaguars suck, I just kind of chalk it up to they suck you know but you're actually looking into the reasons why and kind of giving a reason as to how we could potentially fix it that that's that's uh definitely interesting man you should be a gm fire cashman hire burrito bandit I, listen i'll take the job i need the money for sure and i would like to win another like you know i would like to get 28 before i fucking die that'd be pretty cool <laughs> but yeah we just need like a general philosophical change we need to go back to the yankees of yours now making it to the ALDS is a win for the Yankees. That's not a win for the Yankees. That's a fucking loss. You want to know why right. it's a loss? Because it's not the World Series. Right. If it's yeah. not the World Series, it's a loss. Steinbrenner had a quote that says, you show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. There you go. Straight up. I love it. Well, uh, we're going to dive into some trivia here, and there will be some Yankee questions associated. Uh, Money Mike, real quickly, though, since this is the baseball segment, segment I'll give you a moment to give us your thoughts on how the Red Sox have looked this season. Obviously, as we just saw, second to last in the division, probably an outside chance of making the wild card, or they eliminated at this point. Yeah, they're losing five to three right out of Tampa Bay. I, I I've given up hope for the Red Sox this season. They are mediocre. Uh, they're not as bad as the Yankees, um, oh, which is not. a win right there. I mean, we this has been arguably one of the best seasons the Red Sox have had head to head against the Yankees. They've only lost once to them yeah, all year. One to eleven, I think, is the record. Yeah, it's been crazy. So I have never seen this much success from the Red Sox to the Yankees, but they can't seem to channel that success to the other teams they face. Um, so they've just been kind of mediocre this year. But like I said, uh, for me, going into a baseball season, I have two outcomes that I root for. It's either the Red Sox win the World Series is outcome number one and first and foremost. Outcome number two, anybody but the Yankees winning, and I'm satisfied. So, you know. <laughs> the burrito, isn't it funny that just everybody else hates you so much and you couldn't care less? I mean, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory of being a Yankees fan. You know what you signed up for. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I could have been a Mariners fan and be like, yeah, you know, the Seattle Mariners, which I do like the Mariners. They're a good team. Uh, you know, Castillo and, and J-Rod are dope, but. All right, so so Burrito, so so given that we both have agreed that our teams are not making it far this year, uh, given who, uh, in the, who, who in the playoff picture are you rooting for? Uh, well, I don't want to root for the Braves because that's just bandwagoning and I don't really care about the South very much. So fucking, uh, the, on the national league side, the Mets, New York, duh. And then on the American league side, I actually do want the Mariners to at least win a fucking world series once. Because the Mets aren't in the playoff picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, you know, it is, it is what it is for the Mets too. That's just kind of yeah. to be. I'm so to glad be, I'm not a know. diehard Mets fan. I would be <laughs> like, so sad this season with the, like literally poor that, Ian. They were this year's 
Jaguars. Like that's literally what they. There was so much hype around them that they said they signed all these players. Yeah, and they're just bad. So like, well, no, that, that, that has not happened to the Jags yet. Don't yeah. say that. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't curse your team. Man. I can't help. I can't help but root for the Dodgers because they have so many former Red Sox players on them. So like, I kind of pull for them from that <laughs> standpoint. That's fair. So. Yeah, they're a fun I, team. They, they got some good players on there that I enjoy. I mean, I like Mookie and JD have success and just throw it to our GM who was stupid enough to get rid of them. So I, I cannot believe you guys. I, I still can't believe you guys lost Mookie. That is the biggest fumble. Uh, if, I, I, I like. I couldn't believe it. That's like if we yeah. lost Judge. It, it's just it's unfathomable. It is it's unforgivable by the front. Office. And basically, our front office said after fans like were outraged about that, they go, "Well, it wasn't the first time we've gotten rid of a star player, and it won't be the last." So basically, like, <laughs> fuck you, deal with it. Attitude. Yeah. I wish I wish the Yankees were that upfront about how garbage they were in terms of running their organization. They're just stubborn. They don't quit until they they literally are losing. Well, the worst thing that happened for the Red Sox uh, after getting rid of Mookie Betts was the following year they made the ALCS because it basically justified their poor decision making. Like, see, we're still good, and then they've been bad the last two years, and it's like, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> that's Mookie. Yeah. That's a similar thing with why the analytics and the hitting is so fucked up for the Yankees because the one year that they decided to go based off of purely hit the ball hard was the same year that the juice balls were in play. Right. So obviously the juice balls, everything was getting hit like to Saturn. So you were like, oh yeah, obviously this is how you do. It. This is how you play baseball. You just swing real hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of issues to. Uh work out in the Yankees organization, but our friends here on another damn sports podcast, Money Mike Gilchrist and Sir Burrito Bandit are rooting for a Dodgers Mariners World Series. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Fun. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be pretty sick. Uh, so we will see if that happens. Unlikely, but could happen for sure. All right. So let's move on really? to our trivia game. Um, this is Mike, I'm not great with trivia, brother. Uh, I'll, oh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. He always <laughs> finds these trick questions for me, so I'm this never is... good with trivia. I, I could know. I could. I could tell you this information offhand in a conversation, but I guarantee you, if you ask me, like, hey, who won? Who hit uh, the most home runs of the season? I'll be like, I, I don't know. All right. Uh, give me one moment. I am just going to queue up the podcast music. <laughs> oh, we got production value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got some, but we're we're leveling up here on another damn sports podcast. I would say, no, dude, you're a professional. You guys, season are five, season five. We've been doing this for half a decade. Man. That's incredible. Good for yeah. you guys. I've been yeah. listening for like three years. I know, man. You're you're, you're our biggest fan. I, I I guess I am. Yeah, I am the long time caller or a long time listener, <laughs> first time caller. <laughs> I, I I mean, you're you're basically you're the name uh, exactly. <laughs> you're basically like. Uh, a staple to the show every every single episode your name is brought up so I try to be if i'm not asleep like last night by the way also i have another option select if i don't win this trivia i was on two hours of sleep and i woke up at 3 30 in the morning to go to work so you know if i lose it because my brain is, is scrambled like the yankees fucking front office right now yeah that's entirely fair man i mean it's uh, uh that sounds like a rough go at it to have that little amount of sleep you know i it was feeling like crap for like two hours and i was like all right you know what just Walk it off, brother. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming into this. I was off yesterday, and I'm off again tomorrow. Man, I am exhausted. I, I hear you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the man's exhausted. I hear you. Right. One day's work is enough for me. <laughs> okay. Now that uh, I want to buy that Prius, it really shattered my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alright, uh, audio levels should be good here, so let's get started. This would be the most trivia. jarring, like, energy shift you've ever had on this show. Every time you guys have a guest on, it's always, like, calm, analytical, just, like, very, you know, mind-based, reasonable, not loud. <laughs> and then you're coming some, on here. Yeah, you pull some fucking Dominican dude from, <laughs> from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking Brian Cashman, you know. It's all right. We need that energy, man. It makes it more interesting. But all right. Speaking of interesting, let's uh, get this trivia going. So first question, we're gonna start with Money Mike. Money Mike. All right. Who is the player who hit the most home runs in history while on steroids? <laughs> while on steroids? Yes. Uh, Barry Bonds. I was gonna say this isn't a trick question. Yeah, <laughs> Barry Bonds. It's another hit. Well, no, that's why I thought it was a trick question. I was like, Barry Bonds <laughs> is the obvious choice. So should I say Jose Canseco? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two, Burrito. Yes, who is the player who hit the most home runs in history while assumedly not on steroids? Assumedly not on steroids. <laughs> My captain, number ninety-nine, Aaron Judge. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, not, not on steroids, yeah. Because next after that is fucking Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and they were rotted to the gills. Is Hank Aaron not the guy? Hank home Aaron, runs? you mean? Yeah, home runs. Wasn't he the, the home run king? Hank yeah. Aaron? No, was he? Was yeah. he the hit king? Yeah, yeah, yeah I pretty sure he was. Sorry, I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great question the way you worded it. You're like, who who do people think was not okay. on steroids? Like, very no, I see, I, no, I see what you're saying now because he, he tricked me too. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I completely threw us off here. My wording. I was trying to be funny and I just made it confusing. Oh, wait, you said all time, not single season. I'm stupid, bro. Yeah, yeah. Home runs. Yeah, in it history. is. I'm an yeah. idiot. Two hours. I'm a dummy. All right. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, there it is. I misunderstood the question. We'll blame that one on the sleep. We're giving Burrito the point. Fuck you, Mike. I, I, All right. I, I don't know why I thought you said single season. I was like so ready to say Aaron Judge. Or something. <laughs> All right. Number three. Money Mike. Which player in 2023 is currently 28th in total hits as of this recording? In 28th? 28th <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Verdugo because he's a Red Sox. <laughs> uh, you were close. Wow. Damn. It's, it's Masataka Yoshida. This guy it's claims. This, this guy claims to be a Red Sox fan. What a fake fan! He doesn't even know this. Oh right. come on! I knew it was a Red Sox player. I was like, these guys, it has to be. <laughs> All right, burrito. Next question yeah. for you. These are getting a little right. harder. All right. I'll pay attention this time. Who is the player that is the face of the Yankees franchise currently, and associated with the "All Rise" phrase? Oh, oh, come on. That's not hard. Uh, no, it's my captain. Number 99. Fair judge. Yeah, this is so rigged against me. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, these are entirely fair. I put this through a non-biased committee, and they agreed that these are fair questions. So, Aaron Judge is the answer. Burrito has two points. Money Mike has one. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I got credited for the hand there. I don't want. I, yeah. I, I think a tie game. I don't get credit for that. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't want to get credit for that. All right, fine. Tie game, one to one. Money, Mike. Let's see if you can gain the lead with this one. So, Money, Mike. Yeah. Bill Buckner, right? That's the right, right name of the guy who 
was the culprit of the infamous error that awarded the New York Mets their second World Series title in yeah, franchise history. Yes, I'm aware of who Bill Buckner is, <laughs> and I'm very familiar with that play. Who played second base for that Red Sox team in oh 1986? This is crazy. <laughs> this is the most CB Buckner fucking the Angel Hernandez umpiring for this trivia I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Pass. <laughs> How do you not know this man? It's Marty Barrett. Alright? The legendary Marty Barrett. <laughs> sounds like an old player. Marty Barrett. That's an old player. Played in 1986. Marty Barrett in October 2nd actually earned the first ever quadruple play. <laughs> quadruple play. He dropped uh, the ball after getting three outs on his own foot and had to get taken out of the game. I just want to take a pause and say what, what Drew would have done if I actually knew the answer to that question. Like how oh, he would have been spent. I would have been insanely impressed. He would have shut off the stream. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Like I said, getting increasingly harder. So let's see if Burrito can get this question. Oh, good God. (laughs) Burrito. (laughs) Yeah. Who is the current Yankees GM who is a real son of a bitch? Oh. (laughs) Fucking Brian Cashman. That fucking (laughs) cocksucker. There he is. Brian Cashman. Look at him. Look at that guy. He makes bad trades all the time. <laughs> Did you know the reason that we didn't do anything at the fucking trade deadline, by the way, is because him and Hal were having, like, a fucking marital dispute because Hal was like, yo, your trades have been so garbage like I don't want you to make any trades. And Cashman's like, hey, I need to do something, though, because this is crazy if we do nothing. <laughs> this, this organization is a fucking house of cards. It's real son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> Last question. He sucks. He gives Montas. He fucking threw three innings of, of like, 12 earned run ball. Guy was garbage. He got hurt immediately. All right. So the score right now is two to one. Money Mike, this is the last question I have before we do kind of like an elimination style question. I'm going to give you this opportunity to tie it up before we go go into that question. Money Mike, how many frames... Is Shao Kahn's forward four in the critically acclaimed oh fighting game for NetherRealm Studios? That's Mortal not, Kombat that's 11. crazy. <laughs> Wait, what? Re- I, repeat the question. <laughs> it's okay, Mike. You're, you're, it's it's like a foreign language. Burrito, you can steal this question for the win. Oh, that's crazy. So, what do you mean by frames? Like pl- on uh, on, uh, on, uh, on on hit. We'll say on on hit. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're like a fucking... On block, what whatever the easiest answer is. Oh, on block is, you're like plus six. All right. Burrito and wins. On hit, actually, because it knocks down. You're like plus 30, I think, because the startup is like 26 frames. I, I literally have in my notes, answer, ask Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know you have to like do like a like a frame kill to get a, a you see, forward four. You, you, you see, America, I said that this was going to be rigged against me, and it definitely was. Yes, it was. This, this is but the curse of, uh, of Money Bino. Curse of Money Bino. That is this a good is way to put it. Curse of Money Bino, dude. <laughs> okay. We're going to end here with a fun one. I love doing these. We're going to do a little bit of a back and forth elimination challenge. We're going to do the top 30 home run king, or top 30 home run hitters of all time. So, all highest time, okay. totals of all time. Yeah, um, okay. We're going to go back and forth here. So no particular order, just name somebody till somebody's out. Correct. Yeah, I okay. love doing these. So, I, I, Can I ask a question before we do this? Sure. Are, um, 
Oh wait, it's all time, so it wouldn't. Okay, never mind, never mind. I was gonna kick a fuse a single season. Never mind, continue. Yep. All, time. All, time. all time. So we'll start with uh, Burrito since he won the won the trivia in shocking fashion, to be honest. In shocking fashion. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. So num I'll just go with number one. The easy one is Hank Aaron. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Hank Aaron. Oh, you well, can put Hank. him on there. But yeah, there he's go. not number one, but you can put him on. There. All right. Money, Mike. Yep. David Ortiz. David Ortiz is number seventeen. Burrito. Now I'll take the number one, Barry Bonds. Number one, Barry Bonds. What do you like? Ken Griffey Jr. Number seven, Ken Griffey Jr. Burrito. Mark McGuire. Number 11, Mark McGuire. Money Mike. Sammy Sosa. Number nine, Sammy Sosa. Burrito. Um, who is, I took Hake Aaron. I took Barry Bonds already. Um, oh, pool holes. Number four, Albert Pujols. Money Mike. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like an obscure one. Some big names here, man. Alex Rodriguez. Number five, A-Rod. Yeah, yeah A-Rod's on there. Burrito. Um, I, I want to say it, but I'm not going to say it because I, I don't want to get eliminated. Um, I'm trying to think old players. Oh, I'm a dummy. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Number three, Money Mike Gilchrist. Mike Piazza. Oh, that's a good one. Mike Piazza. Good answer. Is not on the list. Ah, no. And Burrito Bandit wins in, let's face it, not shocking fashion because not he shocking is incredibly smart. I was gonna, so, oh, go ahead. tell me, I was going to, I was like, I, I don't think it's him because he's not really like a slugger. Jeter's not on there, right? No, no. he's not on there. Yeah, okay. I figured as much. Mike Piazza is number 51. Oh, okay. Um, some of the players that you guys missed. Reggie Jackson. Ty Cobb is on there? What's that? Is Ty Cobb on there? Uh, Ty Cobb is also not on the list. Uh, oh, really? Got, okay. Is, is Carl Yastrzemski on there? He is not. So He's yeah. not on there either. Holy shit. Uh, Reggie Jackson, uh, yeah. Lou Gehrig, yeah, Gary Sheffield, um, uh, Jim Tomey, <laughs> Frank Thomas. Onus <laughs> Wagner on there? Uh, Frank I, Thomas sells erection pills now. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh yeah, good for him. Uh, he is not on there. Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle are both yeah. on here. So yeah, so, yeah, some big names, boys. Money Mike, the mixer. The fuck, I'm sorry, Mike Piazza is one of the best hitting catchers in the history of the game. I thought he'd ha I, he true. hit a lot of home runs in his career, so I thought he would be on the list. This I thought he'd be top of thirty. <laughs> I, like I thought he was top ten. I thought he was top thirty. <laughs> Numero 51, but shout out to Burrito Bandit for coming on to the show. Thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, always love to hear I, you talk about the Yankees. I'm surprised that my first appearance on here is for an actual sport and not like esports. That's <laughs> kind of what I was expecting <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I know. I haven't done an esports episode since I think the one I did with Reed. So we'll have That's to bring correct. you back on to actually talk about that thing that i threw at mike that he's like what the hell are you talking about how <laughs> many braves is shao khan's forward oh, forward was that at least for mortal combat it was for mortal combat yeah all right there you go i would have guessed that <laughs> i i also said mortal combat 11 at the end of the questions <laughs> oh, i didn't hear that i'm so i thought this question was so obscure i was in my like what the fuck mode you know <laughs> <laughs> all righty well uh Thank you for every thank you to everybody who has listened to the show, who has 
hung out in the chat. We thank you so much every single week for hanging out with us. Week one of the NFL season is coming, boys, and we are incredibly excited for the Giants, for the Jags. Burrito, like like I said, he is predicting 50-0. and 0. Giants are going to be. 15-0, baby. 50-0 sweep over the Cowboys. Let's go. I'd love it. Yes. Hard return touchdown, bro. Bet on it. Bet it on credit. <laughs> Bet it on credit. <laughs> You're Bet making it. your money back guaranteed, I promise. <laughs> All right, Money Mike, any final words? No, just everybody's, uh, everybody is enthusiastic going into week one, typically for football. it's uh, Week one's a very unique experience to get back into it. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh, wait all day to watch the Giants play. But I'm really – I'll say this. One quick thing is of all the games that we talked about, the one game that we didn't talk about, the one I'm looking most forward to seeing play out is the Green Bay versus Chicago game. Like, what's Jordan Love going to look like? What's Justin Fields going to look like? Like, I'm really – really curious now it's unfair for justin fields because it's like we've already seen him play i i'm talking about this revamped chicago bears offense and justin fields is he going to make a leap this year in his third year or not is he just going to be what we've seen or worse and we have nothing really on jordan love so i'm very curious to see how that game is going to go so the three games i thought that were most interesting for me personally were the giants in dallas number one uh then number two jets and bills and then that third game is the uh, Bears and Green Bay. So that's the game I'm looking forward to watching play out. Hell yeah. Set up to be a great week. He's Money Mike Gilchrist. He is Sir Burrito Bandit making his debut onto the podcast in yes, very amazing fashion. It was very fun. Thank you again, sir. And I am Drew Torres. Hope you guys enjoy week one of the NFL season and take care. Fuck the Astros. <laughs>